Blog Talk Radio. Race fans, welcome to the most listened to show on the 110 Nation Radio Network. When it's hot, it's hot. Presenting you the caution flag of racing radio, the DJ Music Man, and the Tasmanian Devil of Flaggers. Here's your host, Chris, Chris and Tad. Tonight we got a guest on later this evening. We've got the Hot Atlanta to talk about. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot of hot topics coming out of Hot Atlanta after this uh, amazing weekend. Most of the time, repays are a complete disappointment. Uh, the majority of the vote says that uh, they enjoyed the past race, but there will be some who disagree, and we'll have that discussion right here tonight on Race Chat Live. I want to bring in one of my co-hosts here, Mr. Taz Taylor. Taz Taylor, welcome aboard, my friend. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Good to have you back. Doing well, doing well. Glad to be back, baby. That's what I'm talking about. So we have somebody that's in the studio. Um, Taz, if you want to take it real quick, let me find out who this is. Sure. Oh, it's Mr. Uh, that's our other co-host there, Chris. That's our other co-host there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Oh, she. Ah, wow. I look down. There we go. Okay. All right. So I'm doing things a little different myself. I've got my my old headphones back in. Uh, after listening to Mr. CJ Sports' uh, show the other night, uh, I, I got become quite jealous that he didn't have as much background interference as uh, what our show seems to have. So I'm trying something different myself to try to ground out that background noise if that makes any sense uh drowned out i guess ground out whatever it may be but uh welcome welcome aboard uh mr craig moore um you know we've got just a little short time to get there 
uh, a lot of racing this weekend. I'm not sure if I could say any of it was not good. Um, you know, uh, we got a first-time winner in the truck series. Of course, the uh, Xfinity series uh, was amazing. And then, without a doubt, the truck, the uh, Cup series, uh, you know, I think that was, whoo, that had me on the edge of the seat through most of the race. That's for sure. Yeah. The only thing I got to say is if you didn't like this Atlanta race, you probably should go live in a in a cave somewhere. Wow, screw uh, you. Everybody, <laughs> everybody wanted – I mean, really, do you really want to – do you really want to see nine-second wins, seven-second leads, or do you want to see fast competitive racing? I, I mean, 40-something leads. Drive a mile-and-a-half track. I, I don't – do what? Those are what those are tracks are meant for. Keep that kind of racing there. Leave your mile and a half to your mile and a half. Okay, but I, I, on the same I would token, love to save this segment right here till the 30-minute segment because we really only have 10 minutes to kind of get through what the actual updates are from these tracks. We can save this for the black flag, checker flag, because I knew – that Taz Taylor was going to come out swinging. I mean, I did not know more than get the introduction out, Craig Moore, because I knew that somebody was going to come out swinging on us uh, with this uh, with this uh, plate-style, super speedway-style racing. But, Craig, I don't know who the hell okay, could complain Chris. about 40-something lead changes. But but we'll, we'll save that for his black flag uh, later on in, in this study. I'll go study. sit in the corner. Winner. Do what? I'll go sit in the corner. Taz, get out of the car. You know what? Go, let's, hey, listen. <laughs> Even though your driver did better than the rest of ours, you probably should not take any advice from your daughter. Yeah, no, that, no. When Martin Truex went into the wall there, I was like, okay, well, uh, yeah. So now you see how I feel all year. Because it seems like everybody I pick winds up in the wall. As a matter of fact, yeah. all three picks of mine this week wound up in the wall. But the, but we'll we'll get yeah. there's a there's a there is a segment for that as well. Obvious exciting weekend because we're ready to explode already on Race Chat Live. It's like popping open a can of beer and uh, sitting down with the twenty pack next to you and only got two hours to drink. So uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. Corey Heim, Corey Heim, look, he he did some great things in Africa. He's got a part time ride in this fifty one truck. Guys, we had cup stars. We had cup caliber drivers in this race. A kid named Corey Hyde. Who, have you, I mean, do you guys remember him last year in the uh, ARCA series? Because if not, I mean, I don't blame you. Because it, Very little. Right, right, right. He is now a Camping World Truck Series winner. And did it in quite the fashion. Uh, it was not given to him. Now there was some uh, there was some bickering back and forth, maybe some uh, uh, leaving a teammate out to dry, or something to that effect. Uh, Ross Chastain was in this race. Matt Diamondetto was in this race. Ryan Priest was in this race. Um, yeah, guys, there was there was plenty of there was plenty of uh, big name drivers. Corey Heim, is that a name that we're gonna remember? Um, the jury is still out. What is that? What, what was that noise? 
I think the jury is still out. What if he test? I would. I, I believe he. I believe that could be a name to remember. Uh-huh. Um, down the road somewhere. Right now, I would. I wouldn't put it away into the. Uh, I wouldn't put his name away into like say into the back storage bin and just forget about it. I would just kind of put it on. Put it on the top shelf, but don't forget about it. Okay, yeah, because well, we think Lee- quite a few drivers come through this Kyle Busch uh, network, and and some of them do not find success. And most, and and we've seen a lot of them not find success this quick. Like uh, we know that they're fast trucks, but was this talent, or was this, or, or is this uh, because Miss Lee, along with I, believe that that Corey is actually he's going to be one to watch. I think he will be too, but it's – that's why I said it remains to be seen. Now, can he, going forward, string together enough enough top five, top tens to make the chase, to make the playoffs at the end of the year? You know, just because it's in – they're saying in cup, you know, if – if uh, who was it? Um, uh, Austin Austin Cendrick. He could be in danger of not making the playoffs, even though he won the 500. If he doesn't look, if he doesn't uh, have enough accumulated points, or if someone has multiple wins, i.e., Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman. Uh, you know, so well, you're, you're looking at that too. Well, we can't. Well, I mean, you can, but you can't really because we've only had five races of five different winners. So while he sits in 17th, he's still enough in the playoffs right now. He's got the perform. Cindric has the performance so far that I think he's a top 16 point uh, contender. But I think he's ran into bad luck and not being able to finish the job, unfortunately. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I'm saying, is if he continues this run of bad luck and can't finish what he starts, it could not lend itself well to him come the cutoff race in September. So... They better figure it out. The same thing with uh, uh, Kyle Busch. Where are we at? Where are we at? We're talking about Austin Sender? I'm talking. Yeah, so we are talking reference and we're losing track, so let's get back to the trucks. Well, it is. It's on the truck. Same thing. If this kid doesn't string together, which is what I was saying, uh, top fives, top tens, he could be in danger of not making the um, making the playoffs if first if we keep having first time winners or multiple winners now going forward. Right. Yeah. So I I'm not sure if Corey Heim is a full time participant in the 41. Am I right? I believe uh, the Void fella uh, was in there. Not Stephen Boyd. I don't, what, what's his uh, What's his name? The kid that got up in the fence up at Talladega, I think he was in the 51 truck 
uh, for the, the first Boyd. couple races, right? Spencer Boyd, yeah. I don't, um, I, I can't think of his name, but one name we should mention, um, we haven't really mentioned much of him this year, which is shocking. Uh, Stuart Friesen, who led all of stage one and a good portion of stage two. Right, right, yes. Yeah. Stuart Friesen well, rolling he, in the right since, direction. Since switching to Toyota, he struggled, and I think, I would say about halfway through the year last year, and I'm believing that this year he could pick up right where he left off when he uh, when he was with GMS, or at least partnered with them. Right. So I'm pulling up the race results real quick uh, off the truck race. Uh, let, let's see, the truck race and then uh, the Xfinity race, and then uh, I went to the Why Not racetrack. We did that thing and then woke up the next morning. We watched uh, Formula One, IndyCar, and then the truck race. So I mean, and then the Cup Cup race. So uh, yeah, I've got a lot of racing that uh, that I've watched over. So your top ten was Corey Heim, Ben Rhodes with a second place, a strong finish there, guys. Uh, Todd Majeski making the most out of his uh, opportunity. Finished third. Chandler Smith already a, a, a winner this year. Zane Smith a winner as well, fourth and fifth. Stuart Friesen finished sixth. Ron Free seventh. Tanner Gray finished in that ninth spot. And, I mean, uh, in that eighth spot, Derek Krause and Austin Wayne Self rounded out the top ten. I believe there was quite a few wrecks and stuff that was uh, that was in that race. Haley, Haley Deegan, if that girl doesn't catch a break, I don't know, man. Uh, she's, she's a lot better than what the luck that she's had. And John, I think we could say the same the the same with him as well. Uh, they're just not having uh, a good a string of good luck this year. Um, you guys, uh, you guys got anything for the truck series before we move on and talk about Xfinity real quick? The the trucks can deliver on this track. Um, I mean, when it comes to like super speedway style racing, they're not the most entertaining. That race, they're not the most entertaining race of the weekend. I mean, they really show which is a little bit off from what the, from what it was. Taz. They were they were the best one to watch. Go ahead. I love watching the trucks, but I they're not as great when they're on super speedway style racing like Talladega, Daytona. Um, now Atlanta, I guess you can throw that in the hat, which is dumb, but I'll save that one for later. Um, that's. I'm just not a huge fan of what happened this weekend with the trucks. I mean, it was great when Stewie Stewie was running up front, but other than that, not much really happened. It wasn't really all that entertaining. wasn't all that into it. Right. Craig? Um, Craig From what I heard... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I got on mute myself. <laughs> From what I heard Saturday, I liked. But I don't like a follow the leader style race because I will take a nap in a heartbeat. If it's boring, I'm done. Yeah, there's no way you uh-huh. can sleep through that cup race. <laughs> right. But there was no way you would sleep through the cup race. <laughs> right, right, right. What's that? No, I mean, I, I definitely, that, 
uh, the the truck race was had entertainment. It just wasn't the highlight of the weekend, which is which is a little bit rough. We we're used to the trucks being the highlight, but I'll take in consideration what Taz says that uh, it is a little bit style different. Most of the time, they're wreck fest when they're uh, in this style of racing. So uh, we we actually got the pleasure of not having that so much the issue in the truck as we close out our conversation about the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. You know, I think that I, I, I think that we've gotten used to the truck series being the exciting or living up to what it should, and you know, it was eh, half and half. Now let's move to the Xfinity series. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So with the Xfinity series, of course. Um, Noah Gregson got into a wreck early. It was it was kind of a wreck fest. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of things going on uh, throughout the racetrack. Uh, some guys got in trouble early. Uh, some of them weren't able to recover. My pick, Josh Berry, Justin Algar. It's really a tough weekend for uh, for any of the junior motorsports guys. I think Noah Gregson finished 26. Um, but there was a few highlights. We've seen Brandon uh, Brandon Brown. Uh, running up near the front through a lot of the race. He, unfortunately, got tied up in an incident, and it cost him as well. Uh, but uh, a solid top 20 run for the Brown team. But when he spent most of the evening around the top 10 area, Kyle Weatherman, I think, was one that uh, that stood above. Uh, Kyle pieced together a top 10 finish. Uh, Landon Castle, that kid needed a good run. And lo and behold, Riley Hurst actually got a top five finish, y'all. I mean, uh, that kid needed a top five if anybody needed one. Um, as I said, it was it was action packed throughout. Austin Hill, I think he's he is he has taken advantage of the twenty one car. You know, Austin Hill was not he's not a name of family racers and and he didn't really race with a top notch team, but he was able to win a few wins in the truck series. And what he's doing in that 21 car over at Richard Childress Racing, man, you, you just can't deny kids got something good going on there. And Ty Gibbs, I, I, I mean, basically that sums up the Xfinity Series talk. Just look at this kid. I mean, he reminds me of a young Kyle Busch, and people are going to get mad at me for saying that. I mean, he, he, he literally he reminds me of a young Kyle Busch, probably just a little bit smaller. Yeah, I think um I think the Xfinity race was, was decent. Um sorry, I'm trying to finish something up for work too. Um I don't know. Go ahead, Tess. Uh Austin yourself, Hill, Tess. I'm glad you mentioned I'm glad you messaged or mentioned Austin Hill. He's been a top guy, I believe. A lot of people have slept on him. Hattori hit their mark last year of giving him his big break because I, I think before that he was with the Young's Motorsports, um, if I remembered right. right. And RCR bringing their um, Xfinity program back and needing good talent. They signed two great drivers. I thought Austin Hill was a shaky one. But being as how he's performed versus Sheldon Creed, I'm starting to think Austin Hill is the is the guy instead of Sheldon Creed. I thought it would be the other way around, to be honest. Right. 
Sheldon Creed finished ninth. So I mean, he's it, not, you know, it's not, he's not that far off. But uh, but, but then it again, is. Austin Hill, Austin Hill is a super speedway racer. He, you give him that style of racing, he's up front. You can't take him yeah. out. Right. It's uh as I look through the finishes, uh we can say Pasta Boy finished ahead of all of the Earnhardt <laughs> Junior Motorsports uh cars. So you know it's a tough tough day for junior motorsports when Pasta Boy uh finishes better than all your cars. Uh so another one to, uh, to note Shane Lee. We haven't heard from this guy in a while. He uh got a couple of chances in the RCR ride a few years ago. Um, and then uh, got into a bad investment deal where somebody was claiming they were bringing back Circuit City. I think we all kind of knew right there that this was probably a, a scheme, a scam, and it actually has made uh, a couple of videos already about the scams and stuff of NASCAR, and uh, I think uh, that, that car ownership was involved there. So it's good to see Shane Lee bounce back and get another opportunity. Uh, it is with uh, Kitty Cat Cops Toyota. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but uh, just good to see that name, a recognizable name that uh, we know stepped out. Jesse Ouija, Woo! I just don't know how much longer Emmett Smith's going to have a guy who wrecks his equipment every week. Uh, that, that becomes costly. And Lord of mercy, Trevor Bain, what in the world? Let's let's end this Xfinity Series discussion with the, this, with the talk about Trevor Bain. We're talking about a kid who for four years we've heard nothing from. Steps off in a Joe Gibbs uh, car out of nowhere, right? I mean, you know, and now uh, it's almost instant, instant success. He was, I think, leading the race or something. I know he got caught up in an incident and it ruined his day. But uh, Trevor Bain was the one to beat early in the race, and this is a continued uh, a weekly thing now with Trevor Bain in that 18 car. Uh, should Joe Gibbs try to find him more work? Uh, yeah. I would say so. I would say so. I mean, uh, you're looking at if I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the points. He's 16th in points. He only missed, missed two him. races. Right. Missed, yeah. <laughs> I mean, go figure. So Joe Gibbs better, you know, I would think that Mr. Gibbs, with the coach Gibbs, would have to take a look at this kid and go, listen. We're missing something. We need him in a, we need him in a car. Um, you know, he very well could be. He very well could, if he runs well, find himself back in Cup, and who knows? He may replace Bubba in the twenty-three someday. Yeah, but uh, well, I don't know. He could be he could be young driver replacing some of these older guys like Truex, Hamlin, Kyle Busch. Who? True. I mean, you can you can ar- you can arguably say they have a good number of years left, but let's be real. How many years do they really have left? Well, Trevor Bain is a ten year veteran. He's a ten year veteran in the uh, the racing though. series. Yeah, yeah, he is young. He is young, like 29, 30. But uh, definitely, yeah, I would give he, the kid. I would give the kid more races just to see uh, if the if the team is responding that well to a driver. You uh, you want to give him as much seat time as possible. Uh, so uh, I would uh, 
if I was Gibbs, I would definitely try to extend uh, that partnership. I think that they already have uh, taken on a couple more races. Um, trying to find the article real quick. Well, but definitely, uh, <laughs> you know, move over. Ty Gibbs is going to be taking somebody's ride real soon in the Cup Series. I think we can all agree to that. Oh God, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I can see. I can out. see him take. Bubba, they may need to watch out for Ty Gibbs because uh, I was, you know. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, I was thinking when Kurt Busch retires, Denny Hamlin goes over to his team and then uh, open the door, Ty Gibbs. Yeah, you wonder if that's the if that's the game plan, Taz, as we move ourselves into the uh, the, the NASCAR uh, Cup Series uh, results and and stuff. Um, I really believe that uh, I, I thought for sure in the beginning that Denny was just setting us up that it was really a satellite team uh, for um, for Joe Gibbs. But when they started saying that they were building a building that's going to supply four cars, uh, you know, a garage that's going to supply four cars, getting four haulers, they they need four charters. They started putting it, piecing it together that hey, Denny Hamlin is. Uh, you know, making sure that his career is going to end on his terms. And uh, so I, I expect at some point in time in the next few years for that transition to happen, uh, whether or not they commit to a third car or fourth car team and that be the team that Denny Hamlin starts on, I, I'm just really not sure of that. I think that uh, I think they will be a three-car team uh, pretty soon now. And uh, having Ty Gibbs, you know, uh, kind of float that – that third car there as the, as he waits on, you know, maybe room at, at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, that, all that seems like a, a big possibility. And and I just don't know for how long can you hold Ty Gibbs down, being that, you know, his his success rate is, is uh, based off the performance of Joe Gibbs Racing because that's his grandfather. I mean, he's about like the Dillon boys. He could come up to Cup tomorrow, and his ride's already paid for, fellas. We're into the cup part of this, right? Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. moved transitioned into the cup side as we uh right. we're actually running out of time here. Yeah. Cup series race, well we're gonna I mean the cup series race kinda ties into uh black flag, checker flag, plus stat of the day, since we're kind of hitting up on the first fifteen minutes of that. Uh dead air. <laughs> Dead air. Uh, that's the Taz. I thought yeah, you were taking a wheel there. <laughs> Swing yeah, it back to me over there. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about the uh, the cup finishes real quick. Taz, you all right? Did you fall off the side of the earth? I believe Taz fell off the side of the earth. I believe uh, Mid-sentence so. there. <laughs> mid-sentence. <laughs> um, okay, so the Honor Quick Trip, Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. Race results. Uh, the winner, without a doubt, uh, Willie, Willie B. Wow, Willie B. Then second place was Christopher Bell, but he went below the yellow line, so he got thrown back. A top three finish by Kurt Busch, Ross Chastain in that second spot, knocking on the door. My amigo, my amigo finishes fourth. Corey LaJoy uh, in the five spot. Chase Elliott, four poor Chase Elliott. Now the 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 
the driver to get – he hasn't got a win. The only driver at Hendrick Motorsports that hasn't got a win yet. Uh, don't worry, Chase. We're coming up on some road courses pretty soon here. Uh, Chris Busher. Yeah, it's kind of like the commercial says. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, don't worry. We'll take care of you, Chase. There's some road courses. Yeah, don't worry, Chase. We're not getting rid of the road courses. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Because you know you know as well as I do, brother, he don't win he don't win Coda and he's gonna really be whining worse than uh Kyle Bush. So my surprise, I guess I'm remembering from the week before, Martin Truix Junior finishes in the eighth spot, Joey Logano in the ninth spot, and Alan Bowman. Uh, rounds out that top ten there. Some notables, uh, you know, Bubba Wallace was running up in the front, got into a late rate, uh, a late incident there before the caution. Uh, was looking for a solid finish. I thought uh, maybe Bubba Wallace uh, was going to pull it out. Uh, did notice that his that his conference, his uh, his interview at the end of the race wasn't as uh, wasn't as negative as what is, it seems to be. But of course, that didn't take long before he put out a tweet there at the end of the race. Um, yeah, basically saying, calling people uh, a DARF, which is, stands for dumb ass race fan. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going to endear yeah, go bubble. people. Yeah, go bubble. Yeah, he's going to endear um, himself to people. You know, he wants Greg people Bethel. not to hate him. Who's this? One word, Bushy? No. no, no um, <laughs> Oh, Hubba Bubba, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was leading the race. Notable top 20 finish, Greg Biffle uh, in the uh, Steelman College. NY Racing. Yeah, College Chevrolet. Um, also, B.J. McLeod uh, finished in 19th. David Reagan uh, was in the Rick Ware Racing. It's funny that none of these guys really got any TV recognition uh, at the end of the race, Ryan Blaney, 17th. Josh Balicki, uh finished in 16th. Chase Briscoe, I think, uh, had a chance early to win the race. Uh, Justin Haley, uh, Brad Keselowski. A lot of these names were used to being at the front, uh, being that they're uh, they're really good at restrictor plate or super speedway racers, I should say. Uh, so there was issues with, as we move into the black flag segment, I'd like to start it out. Uh, you know, you guys know me. I'm a, a pretty big conspiracy theorist uh, at times. Right, rolling right into it at 7:30. How about that? Right into black flag news. Um, man, I gotta throw a black flag to Goodyear or Chevy or Hendrick, somebody, because there was a reason why these RC. You have got to explain to me what the reason is for these black for these uh. uh Richard Childress racing cars to all have camber issues while they were leading the race. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Ross Chastain bounced back. He bounced back from a, from a spin. But Daniel Suarez, um, no, not Daniel Suarez, uh, who all who all had the flat tire cast? I, I know you watched the race. It was uh, oh, Austin, God, the Tyler God. Reddick. Tyler it seemed like did. every car that spun in the lead was an RCR car or, or affiliated with RCR. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I can mention a toasted tweet because this real this tweet really aged well. Um, 
from Goodyear Racing official Twitter account saying tire wear will not be a factor at Atlanta Motor Speedway today, but because of this, <laughs> but because this is a new tire on a new track surface, NASCAR scheduled a competition caution for lap 45 of today's 325 lap cup race. Stage breaks will be yeah, at lap 105, lap 210. This last stage really well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. And so they're, they're supposed to be sharing information from one Chevy camp to the other. I thought it was mighty damn strange that every that almost every RCR car ran into this issue, but no Hendrick cars did. And they are all supposed to be sharing the same information book. What it sounded like to me, guys, and I believe Goodyear is going to say the same damn thing, somebody cooked that book. Somebody went too far on that camera, and they knew – that based off of what, how much advantage, because even the announcers, even the commentators, look, Jeff Gordon knows about race cars, man. He's not an idiot, okay? He said, look, the more the camera of the car, the faster it's going to go around the corner. So these, RCR pushed it, but I, I, I believe that, it, that, it, that uh, they wouldn't have pushed it to the point to where they thought that it would create that type of issue. And while it was only first-place cars, I still that, – that whole thing was an enigma to me. Um, but uh, if anybody can explain what they feel like or think happened there, I would be glad to sit here and, and listen to to your theory because uh, you know, the only thing I can think of is a conspiracy theory. Uh, it is uh, – somebody hit the, uh, hit, hit the X-Files music for me, please. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Oh, we don't have that? Oh, we need to fire the producer. Oh, I am the producer? Damn. <laughs> I didn't... I don't have... I don't have a conspiracy theory. My black flag, actually, um, is actually more news-related before I get into my Well, I mean, first I want you to flag. comment on my black flag. Yeah, before you get to yours, let's comment on mine, oh, and no. we'll go around the table here. All right, well... <laughs> What do you think about the tire, about the tire the, issue? The tire, I mean, yeah, they gotta have. I'm thinking the inner liner with them not having an inner liner. That's what's probably causing them to blow. I mean, you probably hit a piece of asphalt just right, and boom, there goes your tire. See you later, bye. bye. And it's funny that you said that because uh, some drivers were actually asking for their mouthpieces. That's not something typically you would uh, you would have uh, at a uh, you know, a, a brand new repave, but I also heard the old dip in the turn two uh, was still there, and how they were able to keep that dip there, uh, I think, is a question that only Bruton Smith can answer. Greg, the... what do you think about the tire issue? I think Goodyear. I think Goodyear honestly needs to figure it out. I don't understand why we're still talking about this five weeks later. And NASCAR and Goodyear, NASCAR hasn't gone to Goodyear and said, "Hey, you know what's the deal?" Now, what team? It was. What did you say? It was Hendrick or RCR that had the issue. It was, it was RCR because it was Tyler Reddick who, you know, could have been a favorite That's to win right. the race. It was Ross Chastain. I believe Daniel Suarez had issues. Um, Eric Jones had tire issues. So all these cars, I believe Austin Dillon was caught up into something because of a tire issue. So yeah, I mean this is this was a, a this was a Chevrolet problem. This is a RCR problem. 
but I believe it's also a Goodyear problem. Oh, I do too. And I, you know, we've talked about this since the beginning of the season, and it seems like NASCAR is not really concerned about it. And that concerns me. So, but I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. Maybe they, maybe RCR just took the liberty and played with the caster camber way too much on all the cars, and boom. But then that does damage to race cars that they really can't get parts for fully. So you have to wonder why they would take that risk. You know, so but I, I agree. NASCAR has got to figure out between NASCAR and Goodyear what they can do to get this tire issue fixed. Because if not, this is going to be the new lug nut. This is going to be the lug nut talk that was 2020-21, and the tire issue is going to be the talk of 2023. Or I'm sorry, 2022. All right. Taz, let's do the stat of the day real quick. We should have done that at the beginning of this segment before we segued into this. I believe you have the stat of the day, basically, uh, basically the stat of the week, really. But uh, what's that stat of the day there, buddy? Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Well, stat of the day. Stat of the day. I want to throw this in here quick uh, while we can. Um, unfortunately, Terrell Racing will not be joining us tonight. Um, we won't go into any further as to Due why. To family emergency. Yeah, we'll 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 leave it at that. Um, so we'll I keep know, going with black flag, checker flag nonsense for the remainder of this half hour, and then we'll get into a little bit of our local uh, local roundup for the next half hour, and fire away from there. Anyways, that of the day, and. If you want to do call it stat of the week or even stat of the season so far, um, I did find this on Twitter randomly the other day. It said, five races into the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season, one driver remains who has completed every single lap in total. That is 1,312 laps. That means they have to finish the race on the lead lap in all five races. Only one driver has done that. And shockingly, it's double-A battery Eric Almarola. Mm, behind, behind him is Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, and Kurt Busch. And they have all completed 1,310. Joey Logano and Justin Haley have completed 1,309. And the thing about it... I might be wrong on one driver, but none of those drivers have won an official points race yet. Logano won the clash. I remember that, but I, as far as everybody else, I don't think anybody else has won a race has won a race this season yet. That's something there. So there's your stat of the day. Start of the day, start of the day. <laughs> okay, so uh, no. Black Flag, Black Flag. Uh, news got to be Christopher Bell, right? One is Christopher Bell, and then we'll get into my hot take of 
grinding my gears, black flag. It's going to be a combination here. So, black flag news, the number 20 of Christopher Bell will be penalized for passing below the line. He'll be scored as the last car on the lead lap. And I believe he crossed the line second or third, and the reason why that NASCAR penalized him is because he made forward progress going uh, underneath the double white line. And with the double white line, you have to follow essentially the same thing as the double yellow line at Daytona and Talladega. I'm iffy on this one, actually, because, like, I feel like he was forced down there, but I could see the penalty as to why, but I don't think he was fully at fault. I'm kind of glad NASCAR kind of, you know, said, well, you're the last car in the lead lap, so I was saying, well, you're just straight-up DQ kind of deal. You know, Taz, the one thing I admire about you, and this is no joke, I mean, you guys are going to laugh, but you always look at the positive with the negative. Listen, he knew what he was doing, point blank. He knew when he dipped, he knew that line was there, and he knew the rules because they went through it in driver introduction. It's kind of like when you tell your kid, don't touch that, it's hot, and they touch it. You're going to get burned. He knew the line was there, and he knew he shouldn't have went under it. But he had no Watermelon was there, you know, and, and Ross and Ross knew at the end of the race that he was now a second place. He was runner-up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He called that out. It's, it's, it's BS that he, he wants to cry the blues. Well, you knew the line was there. Quit your whining. You know, I'm all for the line. I'm all for the line. I'm cool with the double yellow line. But on the last freaking lap, on the last, on the turn to the checker flag, man, forget that double yellow line, man. Just forget about it. Whoever can get across that damn line somewhere before the inner wall, that's where, that's that's who wins. I mean, well, because, like, I can see why you're saying that, and I'm going to say why. I would, I'm would. i okay with the double line rule, but forget on the last lap. And here's the reason why is because the last lap of these kind of races, everyone's going to full out send it. You know it's going to be a mess. You know things are going to happen. So, like, some of these drivers are, like, inching to the inside because they know on the inside there's more room than the outside because the outside, well, the only room you've got is the wall. You ain't going nowhere. You're just gonna having a joyride of that t- of your life right there. But for for the last lap, everyone's gonna fall out. Send it so people are gonna try to get to the inside or make a last lap move to try to get to the best position possible when they cross the finish line. But I mean, there's only so much you can do, really. Okay, so now let me ask you something. If if we had if that, if all these teams had the cars that they're supposed to have for the season, okay, I say yeah, open that bottom line up, give them that bottom line, but they don't. So until they get all the cars that they're supposed to have. 
don't risk it. Now, next year, if they have all the cars they're supposed to have, let them have at it. Take that bottom line away on the last lap at Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta, and let let it rip, Tater Chip. I'm all for it. But since they can't really work on these cars or they can't replace them, don't do that. That's that's you're just asking you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt the lower series teams by doing it. Um, I'm just I'm interested to see what you guys think on my comments. Dead air, dead air, dead air. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um I see your point, but at the same time though I don't I don't like the fact that we have to enforce a double line on the last lap even though there is so much trouble and slicing and dicing and moves being made and everyone knows that these races are the are chaotic on the last lap. And sometimes drivers try to get down to the inside to avoid everything. Because sometimes the inside is the best way to go. But in the same respect, why are we going to risk equipment that we don't have enough of for one race? So then you're effectively taking out... This is where I'm a little off on here on you, Craig, because if you look at William Byron, his chassis, his car, I should say his chassis, I believe, that chassis he had was set up for races like Daytona Talladega, but it had an a mile and a half race setup. So, I mean, the equipment is pretty much there so these teams that meet, they say they run super speedway races and say hey we want to throw our hat into Atlanta I mean look Byron's a great example he literally took a Daytona Talladega race car put a put an Atlanta or Charlotte whatever mile and a half setup they got and threw it on and they they made it work but that team also has the resources. Yeah. But for teams, but for teams that may not have the resources, but run just those races, they should have just those races. And resources. okay, but here's an example: Spire Motorsports. Spire Motorsports. They got money, but do they have money? They got money. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like Jesse Awuji. And going back to Emmett Smith and Chris's comment, how many races is Emmett going to let Jesse wreck a car before he says, whoa, 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 I know you're half owner here, but look at the money we're spending. Yep. Spire has the money. So, I mean, they they run Knoxville. Look, you see the I'll money Knoxville pop through? The Bella flags have been hot year and this was not the year that we needed a lot of damage race cars but what did NASCAR expect when they're adding a new car that drives completely different than any other car these drivers have ever shown 
and the schedule, the grueling schedule that they have. This car was supposed to come out in 2021. There was no reason at all why production slowed that much to where we needed parts for 2022. This car was supposed to be fully functional last year. So, you know, I mean, it's it's that fault with NASCAR not having these completely prepared. And, you know, it's like they always say, uh, you know, you're always, it's Murphy's Law, right? I mean, if, if they had a bunch of race cars, they probably wouldn't be wrecking them, okay? But but they don't have a lot of race cars, and so it's putting everybody in a spot. Uh, but, it, you know, this has been the year of caution flags. Uh, and it's, it's you know, I think the stat that I just showed you uh, showed you the reason why it's been the year of caution flags, because we have a lot of movement. It's not been a follow the leader season. When you've got guys who are able to get up underneath around each other and pass, then you're going to create situations where cars slip in the wall and wreck. It's just, it's part of it. So when you have more, you know, you had at this thing that I'm looking at now, you had this weekend, uh, IndyCar had 12 lead changes. Formula One had zero lead changes. NASCAR had 46. When you have that much movement, guys, there's going to be incidents. That means that these cars are able to pass, and they're not aero-dependent and aero-strict uh, for, for, you know, as we've seen so years before with this with the other car <laughs> it's the, it's, yeah i mean for real taz uh back when my name come out uh there was cautions all the time and then for the last five years you know the caution flag has uh been what you've seen at the end of the stage racing so yeah you know it's it's not the uh competition back to where guys can compete instead of just following the damn leader all right so that kind of, I don't know, I'm sure you guys caught the live video I did today when I said I was going to bring this up. And I brought it up in the live video, and I wanted to get your thoughts. You said it, Chris. You said the E word, and it wasn't erotic. It was entertainment. Do you think because all everybody's driving similar cars, they get their air guns from NASCAR before? Before, before they race, um, they're getting stuff directly from NASCAR. Has NASCAR become sports entertainment, or is it still racing? Because pretty much these guys are just piloting these things. They've took the damn engineers away. They've took the engineers away from it. So hold on, uh, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little joke for y'all here. So well, I really want my question answered. I didn't formulate it for nothing. It, 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 it'll get answered. Just let me throw in a joke here. It'll get answered. Trust me. Well, so, and I think some of this racing, is coming off racing of what has Kyle entered Bush the sports. If racing has entered the sports entertainment world, then I want a squared circle when drivers have incidents. I want them to go into that square circle. We're going to have a ring bell. We're going to have a ring announcer. We're going to have Jim Ross on the call to make the fight go down like it's no tomorrow. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Round one. Kyle Busch versus Kyle Larson. Have at it, folks. Well, I think that NASCAR has got to figure something out with this is what I'm saying. I mean, I look at it as it's not racing. It's pretty much 
it's racing because the drivers are piloting them, but it's taking the it's in my eyes it's taking some of the sport out, and I didn't hear what Kyle Bush said. So, well, now you said um, you can go buy these cars at Walmart. But if, if let's say oh, if we can that get, was last week, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can get Kyle Bush's comments from this week. Hold on. Hey, can you talk about what happened with the freeze? First of all, uh, I got loose. This time of racing is it making you more an entertainer than a driver? You like this version of Atlanta better than the old one? Nope. Nope. All right. Words from Kyle Bush. Did y'all hear that? Well, okay? it's kind of like you said in the chat, Chris. At least his son is winning. Well, I mean, you know, I think I, I would not want to change Kyle Bush for anything. Uh, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 right. Um, you know, I love the question. Uh, I love the answer. Uh, sometimes. Uh, Sometimes Kyle gets in trouble when he tries to explain himself. This time he was he was one word. You know, he kind of reminded me of that uh, that TikTok. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yep. Nope. Uh, because so, it's easier. Uh, yeah. Like you said, he's not going to get in trouble. What he did a couple he years ago. Marshawn Lynch. Let's just say it he, right here. He is the yeah. white. Marsha, I am here so I don't get fined. Oh, get he fined. Is, That's what I was getting at. He's the white chocolate lynch. <laughs> that, that's what I was getting at. And that's probably what Bubba Wallace should do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, that's that's the black flags, grind the gears. Uh, um, is there anything else that we need to add to that? Yeah, not I'm to the not to the black swing. flag segment. Yeah, where's no. yeah, where's me swinging? Where's me swinging? I didn't swing for the fences like I was at the beginning of the show, and I got halted. All right, come on, swing for the fence. He's calling his home run now. Intermediate racing stays on intermediate racing. I hear Craig's point of I don't want to watch, you know, a leader take a 13-second lead and dominate the field and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I would much rather see that at an intermediate track because that's what intermediate track racing is, not Daytona, Talladega nonsense. Keep them, those kind of races at those tracks. This is, and I'm sorry, choo-choo racing don't work out well for me at all. To me, it's kind of a success. I would say choo-choo racing. Yeah, I mean, you not racing is follow the leader. Did you not see them go single file for like a good like fifteen twenty laps at the end of the race? Oh my god, a fifteen twenty laps! I mean, you expect that anytime you go to Talladega, they go single file with fifty to go. You know why? Because they don't want to freaking wreck before the end of the race. Because if they make it to fifty to go, they actually got a damn shot at winning it. That's fine. Ugh. That's fine for those kind of tracks, but this is Atlanta. This is a mile and a half I'm talking about here. You leave yeah, mile and a half racing, a mile and a half racing. Taz, it's a super speedway now, and we've seen that that was very relevant throughout the whole race. I understand that you don't like it, but it was done purposely. Marcus Smith did this on purpose. He created a new super speedway, and we'll be damn lucky if they don't tear up every other race can do the same thing to it. That's what they need to do. Right now, do I think they should? Absolutely not. Yeah, I agree no. with you. I, think, I agree with you, Craig. 
because I like, just like the Roval, I like that it has its own character. Thank you, Craig. Listen, Thank you they, for saying that. They said the same thing about the Roval. This ain't going to work. They said the same thing about Bristol when they put it to dirt. This ain't going to work. Well, guess what? It worked. It worked enough that it infuriated Taz for his hair to grow. Yeah. Not only on his head, but on his face. My hair grew before that anyway. He didn't have one four days ago. He didn't have one four days ago. Yeah, we're going to give him some gray hair, too, before it's over with. Watch and see. But it's like, but that that's what happens when you have daughters. Though. You're going to get grays automatically. Um, I haven't spotted one yet. You will. Are you are you Irish, Taz? Because if you're Irish, I boy, it Irish. all changes at 30. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you haven't made 30 yet. Good job. Good job speaking too soon, Taz. You're talking to, uh, I'm an Irishman. All right, Craig, I think you got a little Irishman in you, don't you? I got a lot of Irishmen in me, and uh, I'm yeah, pretty much, if you've not seen pictures or video, I'm pretty I, much gray. You know, my wife got on to me the other day because I let the third bottom fall. Can you believe that? I was told to button that up. I couldn't go out in public that way. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Lee said, yes, your daughters make you gray, guys. <laughs> but it's this is what people wanted. People didn't want to follow the leader craft. We got it. Now people are complaining. Every day this week, I've listened, Monday and Tuesday, I say every day. We're only two days into the week. But the last two days, I have listened to Sirius. And everybody is saying the same thing. There are more people saying this race was phenomenal than there are complaining. The same topic was brought up. Dave Moody brought it. It was brought up on Moody yesterday. Oh, my God. Now they're going to start making the – now they're going to want to do this every mile and a half track. And he goes, please, guys, stop. For the love of God, just stop. I agree. Don't I agree. do it. I agree. Chicago land was its own race surface. Homestead is its own race surface. Texas, <laughs> it is what it is. Okay? Kentucky, it is what it is. Kansas, man – you know, Kansas, Kentucky, and Texas, they're all, they all have their flaws. We can do something different there for sure. We can definitely uh, make a smaller racetrack and do whatever we need to do. But, but let's not copy what we did at Atlanta for all these other tracks that I think need a little bit of attention. If it's Chicagoland, which I would love to go back there, I don't think we ever will. Uh, if it's Homestead, leave it alone. Homestead's its own race. They already reconfigured that track. And uh, and it's perfect for what it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, if they found something that they can do better at Atlanta, then I believe that they can find something to do better at Kansas and at Texas as well. So if we can figure some way to, to get those two racetracks at least a better type of racing than what we've seen there, I'm all for that. If not, then you know what? We know Taz Taylor will sit in front of the TV with his tail wagging. Every time one of these mile and a half snooze fests uh, come on, because I'll be honest with you, the worst race of the year has been Phoenix. Can you believe that the worst race of the year is the racetrack that we're going to have our championship race at the end of the year at? I mean, well, that was how brought is that up. even possible? That was brought up too yesterday, and I brought it up in one of my posts, I believe, too, about people are saying, "Well, move the championship race now to Atlanta." 
Now, Taz, before I continue with that, I want to ask you. Yeah, it was there for years. Taz, here's what I'm going to ask you, and I want an honest to gosh, honest to God question. So we know that we know that Atlanta had characteristics. It was bumpier than it was bumpier than a, a Pennsylvania road or I-88 heading to Binghamton. So it creates it gets potholes. Are we? How do? How long are we waiting for those bumps to get worse before we repave it? Are we waiting until we have three multi-car accidents, or are we going to do it before it happens? Well, where are we headed? I didn't that? think. I didn't think the old surface was that bad. In Atlanta, it I mean, was horrible. It had its own, it had its, it, it had its own characteristics. There were chunks of pavement coming up off the race surface. Look, I love so, old race surface. You go, you what we got at California Speedway is a phenomenal racing. That truck, that that track has a lot of character, y'all. But unfortunately, Atlanta needed what it what it just got and a reconfiguration. This is the third <laughs> reconfiguration of that track in its uh in its lifetime. Don't for, I think. Don't forget. Uh-huh. Don't forget Auto Club that you just mentioned is going to be a short track now. Well, they haven't necessarily decided on that yet, and I think that that keeps stalling uh, every every time that they have a race there, and it's as good as what it is. Uh, you know, I would like to see a short track race reintroduced, but the, I'll go back to what I said about Phoenix. Phoenix was a short track race, and it was the worst race of the season already. So we've had four great races, one uh, so much. And that happens to be a short track race, which we're all slobbering over, saying, hey, we love short track races. But you go to Richmond, that's not a good race at Richmond. That's that's a, that's one of the worst races of the year. Please argue. That's almost that. a follow-the-leader style race. That's almost a follow-the-leader style race. So, Taz, I guess you answered my question. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a couple of multi car accidents before Taz gets behind repaving a track. Now, getting back to what you said it wasn't that bad, correct? Sure. Okay. You said it wasn't that bad. The drivers, as Miss Lee pointed out, thought it was bad enough to need to be repaved. I don't know. I'm just I, I'm I'm a little perplexed as to well, what kind of racing you want to it. see? I'm seeing it from a spectator view. That's the driver's point of view. They're going to have a different point of view than the spectator point of view. Right, because it's their backs and their bodies taking the beating for 500 miles. I just see it as if you repave it, try to keep the similar racing you had. I know but it's going to be difficult. you're not going to because it's going to be a smoother track. I know, but that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna, if I'm fine with repave, but I just don't want to see super speedway style racing. That's all I'm saying. And but you're going to when you repave a track because it's smooth. It's like when you shave your face. I mean, you don't shave very often, but when you sh- when you shave your face. It's nice and smooth. (laughs) (laughs) When you shave your face, 
And I mean, I have a beard, so I get it. So we'll use Chris because he has he can he can't really grow one. What? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> you say I have a I love beard? you, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So when Chris shaves his face, when Chris shaves his face, his wife goes up and she rubs his face. And she goes, oh, baby, that, that is so smooth. Then he lets it grow out. It gets bumpy. It gets scraggly looking. He looks like a homeless guy from Tumsuba. And she goes, Chris, you need to shave that. You're starting to look struggling. She hasn't told me that in well, a guess- year. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, brother. It's coming. Wow. Uh, what's wrong with hey. Nothing, brother. Nothing. I'm just using you as an my example. Ball hair. It's my ball hair on my chin. It's my, it's my, it's my chin ball hair. Yeah. So, but it's the same thing. The drivers, the drivers are Chris's wife. What? He wants to make her happy. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to make her happy. So, so he's going to do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, we probably should play that coming out of the next commercial break. Uh, Holy lordy. Craig is he wants to make her happy. So he's going to do what makes her happy. He's going to shave. I didn't. Over time, that face is going to get rough again. I told her, hell no, I ain't shaving. Done. I'll well, you like, thing to my so Craig made a bad example. He did. I said, I ain't well, no, now, because I don't know how he knows about the whole hair growing thing because uh, I don't have I don't have much body hair. I, I just don't know what happened. God, God didn't give me. He didn't give me much body hair. I don't know. Mm. Well, so, that I hairy mean, instead of a. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you could be Miss Lee, Thank but you for reminding me to PG. We want. We want certain things. Drivers want a smooth track. They want to be able to race. Some of them like the rougher track. But you can't make every track a super speedway, and that's what I'm getting at. And that's if they keep paving the if they keep paving mile and a half, that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a fast track. So nine nine oh six, our guest as we said wasn't going to be able to join us due to a family emergency. And our thoughts and prayers are with him. Hopefully everything works out for the best. So it's 9 o'clock. What are we going to go to? Chris, you watch some F1. Oh, hold on. Didn't Jimmy Johnson, like, finally finish a race in the top, like, eight? Yeah, he finished sixth at, uh, at the uh, Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, his very first oval race. Uh, congratulations. The last lap pass by Joseph Newgarden. It's not, not just the last lap pass. got a pass at the checker flag. Joseph Newgarden got around Scott McLaughlin. Uh, for his first win of the season, Pinsky's won the first two races of the year. Um, you know, Will Power I think had a top five finish as well. So, uh, you know, Pinsky owns the series. He runs the series, and obviously, it looks like he's going to win the series. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but I also watched the Formula One race on Sunday morning. Uh, fuel issues for the Red Bull team. Heartbreaking. Uh, Max Verstappen was having a great uh, race. Even uh, made a, a early pass, but locked up the front uh, tires. 
on, I believe it was George Russell, um, or maybe it was Leclerc, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, fuel issues, fuel pump issues led to early demise uh, as we kicked off the Formula One race season at Bahrain. Uh, it was, uh, you know, an exciting beginning of the season. George Russell is now in, at Team Mercedes. Um, uh, Botas, uh, he went to uh, Alfa Romero. Uh, the, the McLarens had some issues, so they didn't finish where they were. All the talk all season, all winter long, was how strong the Ferraris were, were going to be this year and how Ferrari was on the up and up, and they come out and put on a stellar performance uh, at the first race of the season. So uh, for the first time in several years, I think five years, we had a 1-2 finish by Ferrari. Uh, well needed, much deserved. It's a new car as well in, in Formula 1 Series. Uh, so these guys are learning their equipment uh, just similar to what the Cup guys are as well. But uh, I believe we've got some local stuff that we could talk about pretty quick. Uh, uh, disappointing weekend at the House of Hook for us. Uh, when I say disappointing, we had a low car count. We had an awesome fan count, uh, low car count, only four uh, 602s and only six 604s, uh, which are late model cars, uh, showed up. So four sportsmen and six uh, great late models. Uh, we had uh, 17 factory stocks show up and uh, 12 street stocks. Of course, there's a big street stock race up at Lavagna, Georgia, for the Ultimate Street Stock Series uh, that's uh, been created, uh, a, a joint effort between uh, Josh Helms and uh, South Carolina and, I believe, Ben uh, Hires uh, from the Mississippi Street Stock Series. So they had their first race of the season. Um, but uh, to, to quickly, on the, on the winners, uh, Jamie Boland picks up the win and... Uh, uh, the 604 Crate Late Model side, Cuba, Alabama driver, track star race car. Uh, 602s was won by Bailey Callahan. Him and his uh, lady got to stand in victory lane together. Miss uh, Ellie Mae Hughes, who finished second in the 602s. Um, in the factory stock cars, our buddy, uh, longtime 420, Chris Reeves, put uh, the uh, – Crawford Special back in Victory Lane, the Allen Green Special 420 back in uh, Victory Lane. Um, Mark Thorne out of Demopolis, Alabama, took home the street stock win. Robert Cassidy was the only uh, modified that showed up. And uh, shoot, who won the who won the, the midget race? Timmy Thrash. No. I thought that was Blake Carrier that flipped. I don't know. Yeah, and Tyler Simpson won in the hot division. So, guys, it's very disappointing because we had such a great field of racers uh, for the first race of the season, and then we brought our fans back, and they got half the cars. We had issues. Uh, a storm blew in uh, Friday morning and messed up some uh, some of the uh, track lights. We did not know that until we went to flip the track lights on, flip the track lights on. and uh, there was uh, some issues there. But we got that taken care of and got it fixed within the hour. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, on a cold night when you had a lot of fans show up, you just, it just breaks your heart uh, that we didn't have as many cars show up. But now Pike County was racing. Uh, Milton, Florida was racing. Jackson Motor Speedway was racing. 
Uh, Deep South was racing. So there was racetracks all around that were, you know, that were opened up. And uh, I guess we just had our fair share of what uh, what cars were available. But with gas prices as high as they are and stuff, you know, guys, try to race, try to like race as local as you can and support your local tracks uh, because uh, if you guys don't show up and race there, then they're probably, you know, I mean, we, we understand how this business goes. And when you're passing a racetrack to go race at another racetrack, don't be surprised when you pass by there and, you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not saying that the track I work at is anywhere in that position because I believe Rodney Wing has uh, the the capabilities uh, and the sustainability uh, to weather any storm as we have before. But, you know, somebody's going to break, guys. And so, you know, it's just it's just sad to see uh, local tracks having to make decisions of whether or not to shorten their season or race at all uh, based off of uh, because car count is just so low around here right now. Um, Taz Taylor? I'll give it to you. All right. Short track super series racing action up here in the Northeast happened this weekend. It was supposed to be a Pennsylvania doubleheader. Saturday was at Salem's Grove for the Icebreaker 40. Unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans for that. So no racing at Salem's Grove. And as far as a rain date for that race um, hasn't been announced. Not sure if there's one in the works. But the Sunday race happened, which was at Port Royal Speedway for the spring version of the Speed Showcase and it was 40 laps of distance as Mike Guler and Jimmy Horton leads the field off turn number four. 40 laps of distance at Port Royal. We are green with Mike Guler leading the charge in the turns one and two. Jimmy Horton for second. Stuart Friesen and everybody else dicing for positions as they work down the back straightaway rocketing into turn number three. Lab number one looks like it'll belong to the 2A of Mike Guler. Jimmy Horton in the Hummer 43 sits for second. Umpenhauer in third. And Mahaney in freezing battle for fourth and fifth. Move ahead to lap eight. Completing on lap number nine, freezing drag races with Guler. Takes the lead at the line as they go into turns one and two. Freezing goes way up on the top side as Guler challenges on the inside. Freezing takes over the lead down the back straightaway. Looking to march away from this one. As we move ahead to lap 15, 15 laps complete, yellow comes out for Jared Ubenhauer, slow in turn number four. That brings out the caution, and on that same caution, Stuart Friesen gets stopped and gets pushed off the track for a mechanical failure, so his night is done for the Speed Showcase 40 here at Port Royal. So a tough break for the Helmar 44. We go back to green with Guler and Ryan Godown this time on the front row. Godown on the outside and gets around Guler off corner number four. Matt Williamson enters the top five race. So the Superman Matt Shepard. Guler slides up in turn number two in front of Godown. They'll drag race down the back straightaway. Godown on the inside. Guler on the outside. Going into turn number three. Guler drifts up and he'll shut the door. He'll pull away by about two car lengths from Guler as he worked down the front straightaway. Move ahead to 23 laps complete. We'll make it 24. Guler now working on go down. Is he going to turn one and two? Guler to the inside. Gets the slide job. Go down. Looking for the crossover off turn number two. Down the back straightaway. Go down to the inside in turn number three. Looking for the race lead off of Guler. 
and Guler to the inside takes over the lead down the front straightaway. Guler to the inside. And Guler looking for the lead. They go down the back straightaway. He takes over the race lead. Crossover. Shut the door on go down. Go down to the outside looking for the lead back, but Guler's going to have another one. And Guler pulls away this time by about two car lengths. Go down. will go on the chase and work on the top side here with 26 laps complete. Guler pulls away now by eight car lengths, but move ahead to four laps to go. Guler and Godon still battling side by side. Meanwhile, Shepard and Mahaney battling for fourth as they work on the turn three and four. Guler and Godon battle for the lead going to the turn number one. Mahaney and Shepard still battling side by side. Shepard on the outside. Mahaney down low. Here comes Perego into that battle. While Guler and Godon still slicing and dicing going to turn number three. Guler on the inside. Godon's going to ride the rail on the outside. Guler trying to pull away, but Godown's reeling in on that top side with two laps to go. Godown trying to find a way around. As you go down the back straightaway, Godown trying to find a way, but Guler shut the door on the back straightaway. On the outside, once again through three and four, going to find the white flag. Guler, can he hang on for the win? Godown looking for another short track Super Series win in 2022. Down in the turns one and two, go down, gets a huge run off the back straightaway. He takes over the lead, but Guler's still there knocking on the inside. In the three and four for the final time, Ryan Godown will pick up the Speed Showcase 40 win at Port Royal over Mike Guler and Mike Maresca the podium. Next up with the All right. Next up for the Short Track Super Series is a hard clay open Orange County Fair Speedway Elite Series, $25,000 to win. And the sportsmen are on tap for that race as well. That will happen on Saturday, April 2nd. And Fonda Speedway Car Show opens up the Fonda Speedway season this weekend at the Via Port Rotterdam Mall. That'll happen Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If you plan on having your car into the mall, you got to be there Thursday night. And after course, seven. Yep, after the mall closes, you got to be there. You have vintage cars, sportsmen, modified. I believe sprint cars will be there. I'm not sure, but um, it'll be a great time, and we're seeing a number of people getting ready to have their cars shined up, ready to go. You want to go look at them this weekend because they're the prettiest they're going to look all year. <laughs> Pretty much. Also, be check, be all, also check out and like the Facebook page of the Mud Mules eSports Series. Um, they are not racing at all this week, as being they finished up their first season of the 2022 calendar year, so they're kind of having a break at the time being. All right. Hey, and uh, don't forget, if you want to listen to this show again, because we entertain you so much with our news and views, and we probably should say this, and I think you guys might agree with me, not sure, but the views and opinions expressed on this show is strictly ours. I mean, we say things that we don't agree with. We, we, Come up. Chris comes up with conspiracies. I'm guilty of it too. I 
I feed right into his conspiracies because, yeah, I believe him most of the time. Um, but check us out on, uh, I believe we're on, I know we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. What else are we on, Chris? <laughs> well, first of all, having to put a disclaimer out for the things that I say is, this is just, that's outright cruel. But yeah, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Google Podcast. Uh, iHeartRadio is my favorite. And, uh, you know, you, you basically, if you can think of a podcast world where they share, uh, we're on Spreaker. I believe we are on, not on Twitch yet, I don't think. I think Twitch is one that we still get on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if we if you're in the podcast world and you know a little bit about podcasts, you can find us without a problem. We're under the 110 Nation Race Chat Live. Uh, so uh, just look us up. You know, there's all kinds of uh, shows that come out of the 110 Nation. You have the 110 Nation uh, sports show. You also have Race Chat Live. Later on in a couple of weeks, you're going to have Southern Dirt Track Report and uh, an official announcement. Taz Taylor, you've got something that's that's coming to the table as well, right? Yeah, and that's the reason why I mentioned the Mud Mule Esports. Um, essentially, whenever they have races on nights we don't have shows, um, this is an iRacing series. I'll be doing a radio play-by-play broadcast for them as well. So go check out the Mud Mule Esports Series Facebook page and stay tuned for when they get ready to take off. And I believe the perfect golden guest we have will be um, to talk about that will be coming on in a couple weeks, Mr. Luke Krakowski. Yeah, he'll actually be on with us next week, I believe. Um, I can double check the calendar. Mr. Luke Krakowski is actually on in two weeks, April fifth. Two weeks. Okay. All right. Yeah. My apologies. I was. I was. Uh, I was a week ahead of time. All good. We all can be at times. Quick thoughts and prayers uh, for real brothers quick. and sisters over in Arabi, Louisiana. Uh, there has been a storm touchdown in the north, I believe, north New Orleans area. It's been uh, pretty devastating. So, uh, guys, it's, this thing's not over yet. If y'all are in the listening area of uh, the southeastern region down here, please be careful. Keep your eyes peeled to the skies. There's still uh, developing weather all around us. Um, just terrible news to hear about uh, about New Orleans there. They they, they have enough problems. Um, but uh, our thoughts and prayers with our brothers and sisters up in that area as well. Um, yep, so I think we covered our local stuff. Any SRX news? I heard something about maybe a fan vote for a specific yeah. driver at at Nashville. Who's qualified yeah, in that so, fan vote, Taz? So, so SRX announced today with Nashville Fairgrounds that they're going to have a 13th car because they already have 12 cars filled, if I did my math right. Um, they're going to have a, I guess, a fan vote local type driver. Instead of Joseph Newgarden being the superstar local guy, they're going to have an actual... A uh, local late model driver be voted in, and the vote starts April 3rd and goes until May 6th. The winner of this vote gets to pilot an SRX car when they when the series uh, takes over Nashville. 
on July 9th, and the participants that were announced was Brittany Zamora, who is the first female to win a premier feature race at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Bubba Pollard, a former All-American 400 winner and one of the top late model stars in the country. Cole Williams, two-time Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway Pro Late Model Track champion. Michael House, who is a local Tennessean and two-time and defending Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway Pro Late Model champion. Stephen Ness, two-time North two-time Southern Super Series champion and one-time Winchester 400 race winner. And Dylan Fetcho, if I'm hopefully I didn't say that wrong, is a local Tennessean 2020 Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway Pro Late Model Champion. And again, um, it's a fan vote. Whoever wins gets to pilot an SRX car when the series heads to Nashville on July 9th. And voting begins on April 3rd and goes until May 6th. And when voting is open, you cast your vote at www.nashvillefairgroundspeedway.racing. Yeah, so so you got a you got a humongous name in Joseph Newgarden, guys. I, I'm not gonna stop until Kyle Busch is added to this list of drivers. Like I don't I don't give a damn what people say about Kyle Busch. He is a wheelman, and Kyle Busch will help your series. So until we get Kyle Busch in the SRX series, we're we're, we're not doing we're not doing this series justice. We've got to have the best race car driver in the world right now driving that series. If, if that series wants success and they're going to bring in somebody as high caliber as Joseph Newgarden from the IndyCar side, then they need to bring in somebody as high caliber as Kyle Busch in the, in the cup side because that's when we're at the true pinnacle of what IROC Racing was. IROC Racing was about the best drivers in the world, and that's who competed in the IROC series. If Tony Stewart wants SRX to be the best drivers in the world series, you've got to get Kyle Busch. I think it's huge that they're bringing in Joseph Newgarden. I think, but I can see where that rubs fans the wrong way because Joseph Newgarden is already a star. So I kind of like the the pivot that they made here. But guys, I'm telling you, if you can get Kyle Busch in, if you can get, if you can make this extra chair for this 13th driver here then somewhere along the schedule you can get Kyle Busch in it. Because I, I promise you, Kyle Busch goes down to these late model tracks and he goes out there and he races just like he doesn't have everything in the world already, you know. And and I think that he goes down there and he picks, he sees, he does that to stay involved with what drivers are on the up and up, what drivers are, are you know. This guy can change somebody's life just, just with a handshake, Okay. And so, like I said, the influence that Kyle Busch has, it's over 200-and-something wins in the, in the NASCAR series. SRX needs Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch doesn't really need SRX. SRX needs Kyle Busch. Thoughts on that real quick? I agree with you, Chris. I think that um, – I think for sure that Kyle Busch should be in it. I think that he would uh, – put a whole bunch of butts in seats, sell out tickets, and it would be great for that um it would be great for that organization going forward. Even if he did two races. Um you know, it, it, the tracks that they're worried about selling out. Put him in it. 
Let them let every other driver compete against him. I mean, hell, you got old man Blaney coming out of retirement. I mean, not out of retirement, but, that, but he's going to Blaney done in years. <laughs> right. He, That's he, kind of what I'm getting. Ever, at. Really. So I mean, yeah, if we if we I mean, we can always well, put he a did help. He did help with. Cars. He did help with Ryan Blaney, but besides that, what has he done? Absolutely nothing. That's a marketing. That's something marketing wise that they're using to uh, put bus in seats, and I well, think that it's not a bad move. No, it's and that's what I was getting at. It's not a bad move at all. But if you really want to put bus in seats, bring in somebody like Kyle Kyle Bush. Um, I don't think Martin getting butts in seats is the, is the is the problem here. I think that he has had uh, no problem, you know, filling out the stands for these races. But if you want to call yourself a unique racing series that has the world's best races in it, then you have to go. You have to go cherry picking at the top of the chart, and that's going to be Kyle Busch. We want to see if Kyle Busch can get in one of these cars and win. Like, he's Kyle Busch, all the belly aching he's doing over here in the Cup Series is, well, these are Walmart-like cars. Uh, they don't really drive. Uh, they're too easy. Uh, we don't get all the horsepower. Put this son of a gun in an SRX car so we can see the real Kyle Busch again. Because I agree. All these other series that's doing him is hindering his race, his race skills. So if he wants to get into a real race car, please, Tony Stewart, Ray Everham, give Kyle Busch the chance to come over. But I guarantee you, Toyota probably doesn't want uh, their their head driver driving a Dodge. So I'm sure that that'll never happen because we all know that Toyota stole their motor from Dodge, and people are going to come at me. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Chris. You tell me when the uh, 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 Toyota ever made a rear-wheel drive V8. They didn't. They took the technology from Dodge. And then Dodge got kicked out, so you know I'm sure I'm sure Kyle Busch probably won't ever be given the chance to drive uh, in the SRX series because of the uh, nameplate that's uh, that's on the, uh, the 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 imprint that's on the motors that they're racing there. But uh, you know, as I said, but, well, SR, SRX is no ties to any manufacturer. Whatsoever. Oh, but it's a no. If Toyota decided they wanted to put a car together, that wouldn't be an issue. The they, what, they go through Fury race cars. They go through Edelbrock engines. Where's the manufacturer? It's a, it's a Dodge motor, man. But anyway. So, real, real quick, I know we got to get the picks. I know we got to get to uh, uh, the fan question if we have one this week. I haven't seen it yet. But, we do. Um, Okay. Um, here's here's one I want to bring up. Let me just get to it. I said I shared it in the I shared it in the uh, race thread. There's an eight pin no tap tournament on the first of I'm sorry, the third uh, of April at Imperial Lanes in Upstate New York. Uh, if you live that way, by all means, come on out. It's an eight pin no tap. I think I could even get a couple of strikes on that sucker if I was in town. But um, 
You know, if that's something well, that anybody can get to. Well, yeah, I mean, I know I can hit at least eight pins. I don't know. My 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 bowling average wasn't too bad 20 years ago, but that was 20 years ago. I might need bumpers now. But uh, actually, Mike Jackson of Swagger, Motor, of Swagger Factory Apparel is going to be joining us at the end of April. But um, their their tournament is in is next weekend, actually April third. So uh, if you want information about that, I did share it on the Race Chat Live page. If you're in the Upstate New York area and you're looking for something to do on the third, but um, let's get to the fan question and then our picks because it's going to be an interesting race weekend this weekend going to Coda. We've only been there what? This is our second year there. Yeah, it was a good race last yeah. year. Though. So hopefully this year it's uh, it's not just a as good. We'll to... What's that? It's not a it's not a rain shower. You know we have to stop the race every ten laps. Nonsense. Well, we'll see. I actually think they may be running um, rain tires. They may have rain tires just in case. They had them last year too. Right. So, fan question. All right. So the fan question for the week: Were there a lot of crashes during an Atlanta race this past weekend? Thirty-one of seven, thirty-seven cars damaged in some fashion. Some took the cars out of play, while others came back on the track, seeming to never missing a lap. Do drivers have to pit after a wreck, or if they can drive it okay, they keep going? There's a certain time limit. Is there a certain time limit to get things fixed before you're out of the race? That's what I thought, Lee. Thanks. Thanks, Miss Lee. I'll take the last part of that question. <laughs> yes, there is a time limit. They are on a dam- what's called a damage clock. Um, it is five minutes. Um, and if they can't get it repaired in five minutes, then they are officially scored out of the race. That may or may not be fully true with the tire issues and the ride height for this year but I'm thinking it is. Chris, can you verify that? Um, I, I, I was not uh, paying attention. Somebody sent me a video of a tornado that went through my backyard, basically. So I was not, uh, I, I did not, did not hear the question. Do what? What was the question? Okay. So there were a lot of questions. There was a lot of crashes this week in Atlanta, 31 of the seven cars damaged. As you can see, some took the cars out of play. Do drivers have to pit after a wreck, we're asked, or if they can drive it okay, can they keep going? The other part of that question is, is there a certain time limit to get things fixed before you're out of the race? There was a five-second damage clock with About the ride minutes. height. and Five minutes, rather, not five seconds. Uh, with the ride height damage, the, the, it is with these new cars, is that five-minute clock still in effect or have they waived it so their five minute clock is the moment that they get to the pits there that's when the five minute clock starts um i believe there was a certain issue with one of the cars getting back uh that finally did get back and uh so they were you know they they had that's when the clock started when they finally made it to pit road uh uh, as for drivers that have spun and wrecked you know Maybe in dirt cars, you can see a driver that'll spin and not mess anything up. But most of the time in these cup cars and with asphalt racetracks or concrete racetracks, you, anytime you go into a spin, you're going 
you're gonna hard you're gonna uh flat line the tires or you're gonna have a blowout um if you didn't just flat out rub all the rubber off of them uh so you, once you have a flat spot on a tire uh, it, you know it's it's almost impossible to drive so you know it's very rarely that they don't get in the wreck that they that they just stay out we've seen it a few times uh maybe with Kyle Larson who was trying to limp back to the checker flag uh, at Coda a few years ago I mean not at Coda at the uh, Roval uh, that's one of the ones that come to mind but for the most part if you are in incident uh you're going to try to get down to pit road to make sure that uh that that all your tires are 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 going to stay on the up and up and up uh now at a local track you know a lot of times a car pulls up if they don't count caution laps at your local dirt track or asphalt track they'll pull up to the uh pit entrance there and a track official will come out and kind of look over the car to make sure uh, that everything is where it needs to be and, and i've seen them even try to pull the fender off of uh off of a tire uh but on nascar most of the time if somebody's in an incident they're going to head to pit road the, as I said, though, the caution clock does not start. And so they are given that five minutes, uh, and they go back out onto the racetrack, and if they do not get up to speed, then that's when NASCAR will deem them uh, uh, not able to return or black flag them, send them to the, uh, uh, send them to the garage. So they, they have to make a maximum speed once, they, once they've run out their five-minute clock. Now, they can leave before the five-minute clock and make maximum speed. Once they make that maximum speed, they can actually come back into pit and get any services that they want done. So that's the key factor to it, getting you back up to speed, getting the car just good enough to get you back up so that, so that you're meeting minimum speed on the track. Then you come back into the pit and try to get whatever else that's fixed so that you don't, you know, basically uh, get put out of the race for something. Uh, we've seen that happen quite a few times. The whole idea behind the five-minute clock was cars were going back out onto the speedway and basically throwing litter and trash and debris, uh, you know, sheet metal all over the racetrack uh, because, you know, they were trying to score as many points as possible. The day and age of watching cars ride around with looking like open-wheel modifieds is uh is you know th- those days are over. The question being, what's the maximum speed? That's going to differ in every racetrack. So uh, there's a minimum speed. Of course, maximum speed is uh, whatever, however fast they can go. But minimum speed is going to be something that's probably within the 10 miles per hour range of what the other cars are running. I think maybe at the least 15 miles an hour, and that's place at a place like Talladega or Daytona where the draft really has a major effect. So if you have a car that, uh, that, that you know, is not in the draft or anything, they're going to go considerably slower uh, than the rest of the cars that are in the draft. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of varies from each track on what the minimum on-track speed is going to be. But I have a feeling most of the time it's around that 10-mile-an-hour mark because, you know, what you don't need is grandma going 60 miles an hour uh, while the rest of the pack is uh, flying through at 120, 140 miles an hour, or speeds even faster. Just imagine how slow 120 feels when everybody else is going 180. Yeah, no, we definitely don't need that. We definitely don't need them to be a danger going 60 miles an hour slower. Um, you've done it on the you've done it on the highways. You've 
you get up on somebody doing 55 and you're doing 70. That, that closing ratio is huge. Now just imagine it 60 miles an hour faster. Yeah. So, so that, that five-minute you know, clock definitely... is a very important uh, piece to the competition side. And I think that over time, uh, teams have figured out how to work that in their favor to not uh, be disqualified or, or be put to, to, to the garage. They work on those certain areas where they know that they have to uh, find speed back in the race car. And, and as I said, uh, you know, they would, cautions would breed cautions. And a lot of times these cars would come back out on the racetrack and we'd be right back under caution again because something come off of them. So, um, you know, I, I kind of miss the days of seeing cars ride around with their hoods and stuff off. Uh, but they, these cars aren't even built like that anymore. This composite bodies. They're not sheet metal bodies. So, you know, this is a, this is the new age of NASCAR, and the five-minute clock seems to work so far. Uh, I do believe that uh, Matt Kenseth actually fell into a spot sometime in his career with the five-minute clock where they had too many guys over the pit wall, which automatically led him to a disqualification because there was too many guys working on the car while they were on the five-minute clock. So there are, you know, it's not like you can have your whole team over the wall uh, working on the race car. You have to only have the amount of, a lot of amount of people that are allowed over the wall. Uh, so that that's another perfect example of how that, how that rule affects racing and uh, I think that that was uh, the most legit question you can tell that our fans are learning about the racing and about racing when you have a complex question such as this uh, I think uh, I think our, our our friend and our listener you know they're, they're learning a lot about uh, about racing and definitely the questions can prove the the, the more in-depth that it's getting um, Anything else on that side, guys? Do y'all want to add anything to that? No, I don't. Uh, I think that was one of the best questions we've had. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you got you two covered all the hit marks for me, so I got nothing to add. All right, so uh, let's do Monday's headlines today. We're going to Coda. This is only the second time. I think it was a success last year. I, I, who's the defending winner? Anybody got that stat? Uh, the Dakota winners. Yeah, who was who was uh, who was Trucks who was the defending Cubs. winner? Cub went here last time. Uh, Trucks. It was Todd Gilliland and Chase Elliott. Won. I think it was Chase Elliott. If it wasn't him, it was uh, Kyle Larson that won the last one. Oh, okay. All right. Monday headline Xfinity was here last time too. Xfinity was here too, and Xfinity winner was. I'm trying to pull it up right now as you speak. I thought it was just cup and trucks, but nope, all three were here last time. And Kyle Busch won the Xfinity race. So Todd yeah, Gillen, the... Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott for the three. Okay. So, uh, yeah, here's Chase's chance. Uh, will Chase sign victory lane uh, at the road course? That's maybe what uh, Papa Hendrick was telling him last week. Just wait, just wait till this week because uh, it's your road course, buddy. Uh, but uh, you know, I think AJ Allmendinger is going to be in this race, right? Yeah, I so believe so. This is what the car was designed for: road course racing. What are Monday's headlines today? 
did, did, did they, is the car going to succeed expectations? Is it going to tear up easier? We're going to run into brake issues. It's a bigger tire, bigger brake. This is the first road course race that this car is attempting to race. How is this going to turn out for these guys? Say it shouldn't be that bad. I mean, we've seen it run on the LA Coliseum, and I know that's a completely different aspect of that, but I expect a good beating and bang um, at certain points of this track. I mean, there's points of this track where you are going to see guys trying to take advantage of getting to the inner part of the corners, and that's where you may have to give somebody the the bumper in order to get inside their door. Hmm. So one thing that my son pointed out that uh, he, we're big we're big Formula One fans. You cannot drive. Okay, there's two styles of racing road coursing. There's stock car racing road courses, road course racing, and then there's Formula One road course racing. And the one thing that my son brought to my attention was, Dad, I can't stand road course racing with NASCARs because they don't race the course. They they run off the course, and and of course in Formula One, IndyCar, any other uh, road course racing you would be penalized for leaving the course, and you would eventually be black flagged because, of course, when you throw the stuff up on the racetrack, it, it, it becomes an issue uh, for these for these cars that are so dialed in. So let me stay, stick with the point here. Last year, we've seen a lot of cars run off the racetrack. They got damaged. They damaged the racetrack because Dakota was not built for stock car uh, road course racing. Um do you guys are you guys affected by how what by the statement that my son made that you know basically uh, stock cars need to stay within the range of the racetrack or are, are y'all okay with them basically being all over the track unlike what any other road course racing car would would in other words, it is two different styles of racing help me out here guys I think I can see where he's saying about um, these cars you know staying within what they're built for, but at the same time, if you really want to test a driver's ability, throw them on a road course. And I think Circuit of the Americas, not only, in my opinion, is it one of the most well-known, just by the name, um, road courses that there is in the country, but I think it's one of the best road courses to drive on and to have a race and really test the driver's ability. I mean, you have a lot of tight corners, a couple um, long straightaways, and you. this is a one-of-a-kind road course. And I, as much as I agree with him, but at the same time, I have to maybe disagree in the fact that I have – that I want to see driver's ability be tested, and I think their tested ability should happen at road course like photo. You Okay. Okay, so I'll go – I'll agree with him. First off, how old is he? Uh, he's 21. Oh, okay, we're talking about 21. Yeah, my oldest son. We yeah, about yeah. And, and, and I, and oh, I okay. would love to show you because Coda is one of those racetracks that raced on Formula One, and they also raced the Cup Series. So it's, you, can, you can literally see the difference in what he's talking about and how they race this track. I mean, the Cup cars are all over the place. They're, they're hopping heels. They're doing all that, but you don't do that in a Formula One car. So, you know, basically what he's saying is he wants a more structured road course racer 
like what you would see in Formula One and not this all-over-the-racetrack type racing that we see with these cup guys when they get onto a road course. But now that's what makes the Roval fun. So, I mean, you have diehard road course racing fans who think that it's really a gimmick putting these type of cars on a Formula One type racetrack because these cars are not built for those types of tight corners and, and flexes that, uh, that, 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 that Indy cars and Formula One cars have. So it is a great, it's a great point. I just think I had a hard time getting out what I was trying to say there. No, I agree with him. I agree with him. If they're going to race on a track, they need to race within the confines of the track. I agree. Penalize them if they go off the track one too many times. These guys are supposed to be the best drivers in the world. But That's I what like they say, the stock car style road course racing, so I'm I'm not in agreement with my son. I don't, I don't want to see I kind of... stock cars racing like Formula One. I try to tell everybody, when I go to a dirt track, I want dirt track racing. When I go to Talladega, I want to see NASCAR racing. When I sit down and watch a Formula Wolf racing, I want to see Formula Wolf racing. I want to see that type of racing. When it's motorcycle racing at, at, at uh, Isle of Man, I know somebody's going to die, right? I know. It's just going to happen. Like, it happens every week. I mean, wow. it's the Isle of Man. It happens every year. It's nothing to laugh about. When you watch motorcycles at Daytona, you know what you're going to get, right? So, you know, you have these different styles of racing, and for each one, I like what they bring to the table. Now, what, like what you said, these are supposed to be the best racers in the world. You put them on these types of racetracks, I don't want them to change their racing style because they're supposed to now be uptight, proper Formula One drivers. I want Formula One drivers to be Formula One drivers. I want stock car drivers to be stock car drivers. I don't know. Race within the confines of the track. And I, I hear you. I hear you. We, and we'll, you know, I, I think that's the point that he was trying to make. And uh, as I said. I'm all for using whatever means possible to race because we wouldn't have races. I went back to the Marcus Ambrose and Brad Keselowski race. That race would have never happened if those racers were racing the track. They weren't racing the track. They were racing each other, and that's why that was such an awesome race was because Brad Keselowski and Marcus Ambrose were leaving it all out there. They were putting it all out there. They were racing off the edge, sideways, jumping curbs, and, what a stock car would do, what, what you would do. That's, that's why it's stock car racing. So I'm all for keeping, keeping the, these races uh, like they are. You know, Formula One racing is Formula One racing. Stock car racing is another one. You put those cars on the, that style racetrack, I still want stock car racing. I don't want these guys going around chasing the leader in a, in a perfect freight train all the way till you know, uh, to corner 14. Uh, it is pick time. At Race Chat Live, we do uh, we do want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Of course, as Craig mentioned before, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can find us on the One Ten Nation Sports page. Uh, just basically anywhere where podcasts are. Spotify. Yeah, we're on the same network that Joe Rogan is on. We only have like four of Joe Rogan's listeners, maybe maybe two. Uh, but but look, we're still on the same platform as them. We could be our show has the capability to go into every home that Joe Rogan goes into because of the platform that we're on. I think that's something that we need to stress around here. We may not be 
the professional suit and tie fellas uh, sitting in their big studios. But by gosh, we have a platform that makes us feel like we are. So that's what's important here. Um, Of course, this show is found every Tuesday night. We start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We go two hours. We try to bring the best in the news uh, of racing. We don't talk about what everybody else talks about. We talk about what we think is important. Now it's time for pick time. And let me tell you something, guys. I don't even want to go first because it's been that terrible. Who would have ever thought that I would be in the position that I'm in? It's not that I'm bringing out crappy picks, okay? It's every pick that I make. I was excited because I finally won a stage race. Uh, you know, if I pick Ty Gibbs this week, he's going to wreck, okay? But if I pick Josh Berry this week, Ty Gibbs is going to win. So, um, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a hit and miss for me all year. I've got three divisions to pick from. I'm not allowed to pick the cup driver uh, from any of these guys. Alex Bowman, quick note there, he's going to be an Aspire Motorsports number seven truck. I think we missed that, uh, that news. Um but uh, Taz did give us uh, the entry list earlier today. Um, I've got to take a – first of all, on the uh, truck side um, – oh, goodness. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Where's that? Okay, here it is right here. Okay. So let me see. Let me check who's there real quick. Oh, goodness. You know – I, I would love to go with John Hunter Nemechek again, but he's just – he has bit me every single time. Kyle Busch is in this race. Alex Bowman is in this race. Those are the cup drivers that we have to stay away from. So, to pick a full-time uh, road course racer, I'm going to have to keep my money with John Hunter. I just think that, uh, you know, this guy's got a proven win a few years ago uh, with Cole Custer uh, at a road course race. So, you know, talent, uh, the most most experienced a lot of times, that's what's important here. Matt D'Amedetto should have a good run. I was looking to see if Ryan Priest was running, because if he was, there was no doubt that I was going to pick Ryan Priest uh, to, to, to win. But, uh, you know, I've got to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Kaz Grala is a guy to watch. Uh, Kaz has a lot of good uh, experience on road course racing, so Kaz Grala is definitely not one to uh, to look over. On the Xfinity Series side, uh, Justin Algier, AJ Allmendinger, guys. I mean, we're at a road course. There's no way I would pick with the, pick anybody else. And of course, on the Cup side, I've got to go with Chase Elliott. So what I'm expecting here by picking those two is you guys to follow along, pick those two guys as well, and then we're in a lock and we'll have to reap. So I'm not sure if anybody's going to mess with my John Hunter pick, but I'm definitely going AJ Allmendinger because I want. I want to make sure that these guys are eliminated, or if they're not eliminated, I've got them for sure. So here goes the train lock. I'm taking AJ for uh, the win. Uh, and, and to stop this from happening, to keep this from happening, all somebody has to do is just pick one other driver besides the ones I pick, and my, and my picks go through. But if everybody else picks Chase Elliott or everybody else picks AJ Allmendinger, then, that, then we'll have to go back and repick our secondary pick for that. So I won't get my secondary pick yet. But uh, I've got Chase Elliott on the cup. I've got A.J. Allmendinger on the Xfinity side. I've got John Hunter Nemechek in the Craftsman Truck Series. Who's picking next? I'm next. Greg Moore. I am next. I'm going to take Zane Smith in trucks. Ooh. Um, I'm going to take in 
uh, Xfinity. I'm going to take Gregson. Oh, yes. Wow. And in Cup, I'm going to take. That's the pen. What's that, buddy? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. In in Cup, I'm going to take um, Ross Chastain. What? Whoa. I'm telling yeah, you, man. No. I I I told you last week that 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 team is going to win a race before the halfway season, before the halfway mark of this season, and I'm before the All Star race. And I'm telling you, he is hot. He is hot. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the watermelon man. What Ross? Chess well, that means my lo- that means right. my picks are locked in. Well, no, not right. necessarily. You still got three more. Miss no, Lee. No, 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 no. No. no, everybody has to. Everybody has to pick the same guy for it to. Oh, I'm reset. sorry, my so bad. My picks are locked in. Yeah. All right, Miss Lee. Miss Lee's got Ben Rhodes for the trucks. Almondinger for the Xfinity, and uh, Austin Sindrick for the Cup. Mm. For Mr. CJ, he has Ben Rhodes for the trucks, Ty Gibbs for the Xfinity, and Chase Elliott for the Cup. (laughs) Now... For my picks for trucks, I have Grant and Finger, Xfinity. Almond. I went. No. Huh? I went with Gator, Justin Allgaier. Oh. Wow. And for Cup, I went back and forth. But I'm sticking my gun. I got to keep my point lead. I'm going with Chase Elliott. Boo. Boo. And I'm not going to Okay, okay so now. From the two-week-old. All right. So, Taz, you got one minute left. So, I got to ask you. You're going with Chase Elliott. If your less than one-month-old daughter says, Daddy, pick someone else, are you going to go against her? One month She's old? not fussing this week. She's not fussing this week. We take advantage. Uh, this week is early. Who was dude. your pick going to be last week, real quick? Who was Chase it Elliott, and she said no, and I got Truex. And Chase finished one spot ahead of Truex. Oh. <laughs> not sure if that worked out. But anyway, all right, so uh, Mr. CJ Sports, what's his pick? He said Rhodes, Gibbs, and Chase. Wait a minute. I thought he said he wasn't getting on the Gibbs train. Well, apparently he is now. Well, guys, it's 9 o'clock. That's our time. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. We'll be back next Tuesday night for another episode of Race Chat Live. I want to thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, 
Google Podcasts. Make sure you check out my favorite show, Door Bumper Clear. Uh, I'll share the link to the group here later on. And uh, Danny B. Danny B. is putting together some awesome little uh, – Danny B. Talks puts together some awesome uh, mini documentaries. I enjoy following them as well. Uh, so, um, Taz Taylor, if you want to close it out, man. All right. This has been Race Chat Live That's here cool. with Chris, Craig, and Taz. I want to thank you all for listening in tonight. Make sure you tune in next week for the same bat time, same bat place here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been Race Chat Live with the Caution Flagger Radio. Chris Creighton, the DJ Music Man, Craig Moore. I'm the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers. Taz Taylor saying good night. We'll see you all next week. Good night, everybody. Ryan, I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.